0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Politics. My name is Justin, and I am joined by Manny, Daniel, and Sergio. And today we're going to be talking about a variety of topics. We're going to be talking about uh, Trump cutting aid to uh, three Central American countries, the whole Joe Biden situation, and also um, abortion and the new bill that passed in Georgia and the effects that can have on abortion in America. So, um, as always, you guys can, uh, if you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at couchpolitiststalk at gmail.com. And also on a Twitter page, you can reach us there at politics Couch. That is at politics Couch on Twitter. So, uh, guys, let's get started. I think we should talk about um, Trump cutting aid to the Central American country. So over the, like, within this past week, um, actually I think it was last week, Trump announced that he plans to cut aid to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador in the face of the the migrants that are coming from those three countries mainly uh, into the United States. Um, the aid, uh, which increased substantially uh, when Obama was in office, is about 450 to 500 million dollars. And basically the whole idea behind this aid was that if you give them money to uh, use to improve their countries, that more people will be willing to stay in those three countries than come into the United States. And Trump basically says that since they're not doing anything for us or we don't see improvement with the money that we're giving them and we're not getting anything back from the money that we're shelling out, that we basically should just go ahead and cut it. So what do you guys think about that?
1: Well, I think he should have warned, given a warning, you know. I mean, the whole pro, I guess his point is that you're not doing your part of the deal and and we're giving you all this money. Why don't, you know, he says, why don't you actually make your people not run away? And I think he really should have started bargaining by threatening to take the money away instead of just taking the money away. Like, um, but yeah, that's what I think. I mean, I see it on the type of way where like,
2: I, I know the states has a lot of money and power, and I know we play world police and stuff. But like, is it really? Is it really our responsibility to treat like less developed countries like they're our child? We're like, oh, well, you haven't behaved well, so we're just gonna take that away, El Salvador. Like, is that really the state's job? So, like, I I just feel like every time we do something like this, it's like I know they they can use the aid. And I know all that, but I just feel like we're micromanaging so many parts of the world and it really isn't our job. And it's just shady at the end of the day, how much we're funding or not funding.
0: Mm. All right. Mm. Uh, Manny.
3: Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Sergio. It's kind of like I don't see why it's always like the whole funding thing is always a thing, if that makes any sense, like you know like Sergio said I don't understand why like, we always have to be kind of like the world's police and and even be funding people and like especially like when it's like you for nice United States like to get like what they want I don't know I just don't get the whole thing to be honest yeah well, there's always well, an I, agenda I think the there. whole... yeah there's always right. an agenda so, and I... it's like and it's like you know I don't know I just, just well I make think sense that the me. whole
0: the whole like, reasoning behind giving them aid in the first place was the fact that they saw that so many, um, that a lot of migrants were coming from those countries. I mean, there's all, uh, of course, a humanitarian uh, spin on this, but um, the, the reasoning behind it was that we increased the aid to them, that they should use that money to address the violence, the lack of jobs, and poverty um, in their own countries. And that way, people in those countries who want to stay, it doesn't seem to be working because. I think of uh, the 76,000 migrants that have been taken into U.S. custody this month, um, most of them are coming from South American countries. Um, At one time, it used to be mostly Mexican. You just sent them back to Mexico, but now it's a bit more complicated since they're coming from other countries that aren't Mexico. Um, And it seems that the money has done some good things, like U.S., uh, the Aid organization said that homicide rates has dropped uh, between 2011, and 2018 uh, in those countries. I think that was in Honduras uh, 22,000 jobs between 2011, and 2016 have been um, made in El Salvador and in Guatemala. They have been able to hire more judges and provide security for those judges. So, you know, judges don't, don't get killed. Right. But it seems that that's not enough because they're still coming here in large numbers. And, and we've seen that with the caravans that are coming. They, Still see the United States as a better alternative uh than their own countries
2: yeah that that's part where um you know that I feel both ways about it because when you mention all these countries and El Salvador and Guatemala in particular like mm-hmm. me and me and Daniel grew up with a lot of kids from Guatemala and El Salvador, and like I know their families and I know like the stuff they had to go through, and you know just like our families, they came here because there's always a hope of a better livelihood and social mobility and yada 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 but like you know it it is unfortunate that so many people see the states as the ultimate like shot and that they still see it as the ultimate shot sometimes i wish like maybe current immigrants or maybe the united states aren't completely honest because like they get over here and is it, is it really better over here? You know, a lot of like, especially a lot of the dudes that come here, like single men, they leave their families behind, you know, like they, 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 they live in a room, they drink themselves to sleep, or they spend all the money on the weekend. Yeah. I, I wish, I, I think like a lot of the problems were solved if like people were just honest on what the immigrant experience is like. Cause I'm doubtful if it really is that much better and really, the people that see the benefits are the ones getting the money from the states, not the people that are actually here breaking their back.
0: Hmm. Well, because I, I know, like a, a lot of these, some of these people are escaping uh, violence in their own countries. Like, I know that I've heard some stories of people trying to run from MS-13, bro. Countries have, yeah. where MS-13 is, yeah, present. A... Um and they're seeking mm-hmm. asylum, especially from um, take... right.
3: I'm gonna take. I'm going to take more of a like, right-leaning side here just for the sake of discussion. And it's like, like why don't, for example, a country like El Salvador solve their own problems with all the money that we're giving them? Like sure, like their funding like, had been taken away a long time ago if they're still mm-hmm. letting these gangs kind of rule the streets. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When it comes to El Salvador in particular, because it's like uh, we're giving them money, but yet... There's still the same amount of crime and gangs. So like, um, you know why are we giving them funding in the first place? You know what I mean? When right. it comes to El Salvador, right, right. So like for because for I feel like, like, like for that, sure the government. I feel for no, sure no, that like the government could be doing more. The Salvadoran government can be doing more to solve like the
0: whole gang issue. I just feel like they choose right. not to. Well, I I do think there, there 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 probably is some mismanagement of money somewhere, uh, and and money can only go so far. To be honest, um, I mean you can pour the money you want to into a particular country or area. If the mindset of people there does not change, then um, it really it may not do much. I do agree that uh, I think we may not be seeing a lot of progress for as much money as we're putting in. Uh, the 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 problem comes in is. What happens when we take away that money? Will the little progress that we have made in some of these statistics, will that fade away? And then will just more people just come? Like we take the money away, the country gets a little bit worse. Do we still see more migrants coming? Mm-hmm. Oh, or do we right. they see an even bigger increase? Right. Because they're not, now they're like, oh, well, what little benefit there was to staying here? We're not going to see that anymore because the United States isn't funding it anymore. So the country gets maybe a little bit worse. And then people are like, well, let me go to the United States, man,
2: see that's actually something um we're talking in one of my classes where there is the this applies more to like um the countries in Africa, but like there is a move um towards urbanization throughout the world, and like whichever way you're looking at it, more and more people are gonna go to the highly populated areas and and that's just right. a global trend like that that goes beyond immigration. And it's just the, the way it goes. It's like, no matter where you put the money, the city builds and people are leaving the countryside. So I also think part of that is just the general trend in globalization where, I mean, regardless of like better life or not, every, no one's staying in their old way of life anymore. And you know, yeah, part of that is violence. You have other parts of the world where they got the slums and everything, mm-hmm. you know, right and or they have like this you know they're like a rickshaw driver somewhere and yeah man like sometimes maybe this is the only option so i don't know if it's so much as like oh are they gonna come to the states i think people are just gonna go to the highly populated areas regardless of where it is you know
0: hmm. all right well it looks like uh you know we that's definitely some a question we're gonna uh, have to, the, well, our country's going to have to definitely look into. I know right. there's a lot of people running around to see, like, what, what they can do, uh, how does this affect things moving forward. So I, we'll, I guess we'll find out if they do actually would take this aid completely away, uh, if it will impact migrant numbers and more people will be coming here, or if things just stay the same. So we'll, we'll see. Well, oh, go ahead, Dan.
1: So, well, one thing is, should we discuss, like, is is it okay that Trump did this? And what I think also is, you know, we we it's so easy to say. Well, let's see how this works out. You know, let's see if more people get murdered. It's like, excuse yeah. me, like like can we so easily say such a sentence? You know, mm. well, let's see if more people get murdered and the judges get murdered. And it's like, well, I I wish there was a clear uh, solution as to what to do. It just seems like you really. You're really like pulling the rug from with it. What's the what's the saying? Pull the rug, pull from the rug people. out from from under them. Yeah, you're really pulling the rug out from under them. As far as taking all the funding away without having done some sort of bargaining process or threatening, you know, Trump just complained to U.S. media about this migrant crisis for about six months, and now he right. suddenly is uh, removing all the funding. There doesn't seem to be any. Deal making going on. Okay, or... but, but that's so kind of an oxymoron
2: like... right there. That is kind of an oxymoron because he has been complaining about it for a while. And uh, did did he take the TPS away from El Salvadorians? No, I don't know, because that was one of the I don't know
0: he sure wanted right. to do
2: for a while. I think that, I think he either did it or they were planning on it. I I definitely agree with Daniel on like how callous it might sound. It's just like yeah, let's just. And take it all away. But I think what we see with Trump's presidency more than anything, not number one, before I even say the main point, is like he doesn't care about your feelings or what you have to say. He's like, oh I see it this way, we're moving. Like he doesn't counsel with anybody. He doesn't check. He doesn't he doesn't really negotiate. He just kinda does his own thing. And then the other move, I'm we're seeing this time and time again, is that he's all about like conserving and not in the conservative sense. But he really just wants to dial it back. He wants to stop helping other places. He wants to go back to American manufacturing. He's really all about, like, screw the rest of the world, like, you know, MAGA, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I agree with it because I don't, but it is like an overall trend. So, in a way, I don't consider anything like necessarily unethical. It's just the way the guy runs things. And I think he's going to keep running it like that until Hmm. he gets kicked out of office and who knows how.
3: I agree with Sergio. He's always run on uh, like anti-globalization mentality and he's going to keep on doing so. I feel like not only him, I feel like conservatives are kind of like leaning that way nowadays where um, they want to just focus like on America. At least that's what they say. They want to like focus on America and like screw like all the international stuff. So
2: it's
3: not like it's not a surprise to me like that he cut
0: like funding. Like this is like trump his presidency might be right yeah right. all right so so with that said that we're, we're definitely gonna have to keep an eye on that but moving moving on to our next topic um so joe biden has been in the news recently <laughs> and it's not because <laughs> and it's not because he is running for president um, Creepy so, so yeah, so it seems that uh, a woman named uh, Lucy Flores, who was um, at the, she was a former member of the Nevada legislature, said that in 2014, that basically Joe Biden came up behind her, grabbed her by her shoulders, uh, leaned in, kissed her head, and took a took a deep breath. Um, and since and since then, uh, six other women have come forward and said that he has been inappropriate with them yeah. as well. Uh, one was a former White House intern. It's who said that she got he got very close to her and called her a pretty girl, so um, of course this has caused you know some waves in the uh, in, in amongst the Democratic Party because he was one of the prospective nominees for for the for the party. Mm. Um, it has also once again opened up the the question of you know sexual harassment, what is appropriate, what is not. He has released a video since saying that he um, is sorry, and I quote: um, "I grabbed men and women by the sh- shoulder." But he also says, I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand. I'll be more mindful. So what do you guys think about this whole situation with Joe uh, Biden? Cool. I'm, I'm going to go with Manny first. So I what mean, do you think? I mean, come on, man. Like, listen, <laughs>
3: I feel like he's gotten away the way with so much, first, because he's a Democrat. But second, like this guy for the last, what, like two years since he stopped being vice president? or three years has been going around the country talking about the same stuff that now people are saying like that. He did his whole sexual assault campaign. And, and Mm. I remember his record speech a bit and he spoke about, Hey, some, like some guys don't know, you know, like when a hug goes too far. Well, why didn't he tell himself that? Like, I feel like the fact that there's, less attention, like, on him in a way compared to, let's say, if it would have been a Republican person who would have done the same thing. Like, he's getting away with so much. Like, this guy was telling, was was campaigning on the same issue that he's being accused of. And it's just, like, why, why like, I find it troublesome that that people have a different standard depending on the person's more aligned with your beliefs or not. Like right. Tr- right. Trump, the moment the first woman came and accused him, trust it, it's the end of his presidency his, right. because that was when he was running for the election. Now buy-in, six women come out and everyone's like, well, you know, he's an old man. He, he grew up in a different time. And <laughs> it's like, it's like, like Trump and him are the same age. So why did Trump get <laughs> one treatment? And why did Biden get another treatment? Like a right. pervert to me is a pervert, no matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, <laughs> conservative. And so, yeah, it's accusations. But the moment that more than two women start accusing people of something, um, I think it's that, time to look into it. And so listen, okay. like if you're one of those people that say, hey, like even though for me, this is crazy, but if you're one of those people who say hey, you know, like groping or like touching a woman appropriately isn't that big of a deal, then that's a more respectable like argument than saying, well, I mean, he's an old man. He didn't know what he was doing. You know, Come on now. Like, you know. Double standard, to, man. Double standard. We need to hold people to the same standards just because we want Biden to be present, Now we have
0: to forgive him. No, I mean, come All on right. now. You have to All hold right. people to okay. the same standards. All, All right. right. I'm saying, so, uh, Daniel? Yeah, now you you I mean, you're with Manny on this one. Oh, this is okay. Okay,
1: all the women I think so far has said that he made them uncomfortable, although they don't consider what he did sexual. But consider Bill Clinton; he's had several rape allegations and gone. I think he's gone to court for rape and has has had to do a lot of settlements and stuff. But but Democrats don't really bash on him much, and I just think that we're really weak on on um, on. Punishing Democrats who have bad histories, like an example, we want, you know, with all the things that Republicans complain about Hillary Clinton, we didn't want to take any part of it seriously. And we bolstered her up into being a candidate while she was clearly flawed and she lost. If we do the Ooh. same thing with Joe Biden, they're going to just have a field day with with Democrats saying like, look, you guys got these double standards. This guy's clearly a creep, but you just want him. And so you, you really have no standing when it comes to complaining about a Republican candidate's
0: creepiness or uh, sexual allegations. Well, right. well, uh, well, can I say this, though? Can't the Democrats basically say that about the Republican Party? I mean, they literally elected a guy who said, like, you know, yeah, sure, I'll grab him by the pussy. And, you know, the, the Republicans elected them. Republicans yeah. seem to have a lot less of a moral quandary when it comes to electing. Well, from this last election, it looks like, and and I I know what you're going to say, Manny. It looks like Republicans, when it comes to voting, they say, we don't care what you've done in the past. I mean, as long as it's not too horrible, as long as you can get done what we want done. What we want done is X, Y, and Z, and we like it. It seems that with Democrats, generally speaking, I I, I say this in very general, basically when it's not in there, when it's not like critical to them. Generally, they're like, we want you to be squeaky white clean when you come as our candidate. And then, and then, of course, if something like this happens, like you said, you pointed out the Bill Clinton thing, that how they're really easy on him. It looks like Joe Biden's basically going to probably skate through this. I don't think it's going to hurt him as much. Yeah. Um, I think it will maybe keep pe- some people from voting for him, but I think he basically gets through this um, not too bad, especially since it's this early in the, in the election cycle. But I do think that like they definitely aren't coming down as hard on him as if, like you know, for example, a Republican had done this, I think he would have been canceled from here all the way till, uh, to the day he died. Um, They'll be saying you, obviously because I'm almost seeing nothing about this on my timeline on, on Twitter. You know, these men look at what they're doing, and I and I have seen some. Post about it but nowhere near the level Of outcry that I was probably here If it was a Republican candidate So before we go to anyone else Sergio I want to hear your your take on this
2: Alright so I have a lot to say about it Um, First I'd like to say that the memes Have been fantastic Um, (laughs) The memes memes have always Been great for this kind of thing but moving on From there I just want To address first that like Obama's coolness automatically erupts off on Biden. And a lot of people don't even know what Biden is about. It's like, yeah, he hangs out with your really cool friend. So he's cool, too. You don't even know the guy, but you're just assuming that he's going to be slick. All right. So I just want to address that first, because that's his whole platform where he was going to start running is that, oh, yeah, yeah, he was the vice president during the best era. I don't know if that was the best era. You can talk to a lot of conservatives and Republicans of what really went on during the Obama like presidency but you know that's a separate subject all right that's a totally separate subject but then going on to like his whole you know touchy-feely creepy joe type of stuff what bothers me is not so much like oh he did this and how dare he run because i I, i'm starting to see a trend here especially going back to like was it 2016 2017 that year where everybody was getting accused with the whole weinstein you know and all that stuff going on i'm wondering like it's a little off topic but like Do people with these tendencies get into power or does power corrupt them, man? Because it seems once you start like looking into everybody's closet, they've all done some really shady behavior. And granted, Mm. this isn't that bad. He's not a Louis CK or something, but it still makes you wonder. And then on top of that, all right, so one girl speaks up, six girls speak up. I'm wondering another thing there, man, because I wish more of them would speak up automatically. But then when you talk, like, you know, sit down and talk to a girl about this, they're going to say, yeah, well, it's not that easy. And usually if I were to say something, I'd have like to suffer the consequences for it. Like right. that, that, That's like a really like deeply ingrained, like social thing that we need to fix there, that someone should be able to speak up and they should be able to like, end this nonsense before it goes on. Cause then you got all these monsters like Weinstein.
0: I, I agree. And I know like with the first woman who spoke up, she said at the time he was the vice president. So, um, she felt like she couldn't speak up or you know else they would bring the hammer down right how dare you speak up against the vice president and you've seen this kind of trend with a lot of women who come out with me during the me too movement was that a lot of these guys were in a position to either destroy their careers or had some power over them and so they didn't speak out for fear of hurting their careers or you know their future job prospects because of the position in which these men are i think that I don't think that it's so much that the power makes them do this stuff. I think that the power gives them the agency to get away with it. Mm. So I think like if these men were in a position of power, a lot of these women would be like, well, you know, whoa, back up, you know, like right. oh, don't touch me or things like that. But since these men are in a position to hurt them, not maybe not physically, but in other ways, they tend to be quiet because they're, they're doing a, cost benefit analysis yeah so they're yeah. like I can yeah. say something and like deal with the fallout or I can just be quiet and just like move on until I get away from this guy yeah well, so I think that's what goes on and we and you're right you're definitely right we do need to make it easier for women to come forward without being you know accused of lying right off the bat we should because a lot of times like, oh, no, I know is a real thing right or job security. We need to make it so that we retali- I mean, I'm not sure how we can do it, but we have to definitely do a better job because I remember I was watching something. This is kind of off topic about just real quick. I was watching this this thing about this guy, this rapist that was going around in North California and the lady went to the police right after it happened and they told her, yeah, that that didn't happen. Like you're lying. You're trying to cover this up. And she went and reported it the day of, like as soon as it happened to her, she went reporting and the police were like, no, nah, we don't believe you. You're just trying to cover up like something else that happened. And this guy went on to rape like seven other people over like 20 year period, at least. So it you it, definitely have to work on making it a lot better, easier for women to come forward in these situations, because, you know, like you said, if we don't, then these men go on and keep doing it to the women. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, one last thing before you move on. And that kind of um, we talked about this in prior. It's one of the, thing where, um, the things that Camille Paglia says, and I don't agree with it 100%. And she makes a disclaimer about it, too. It's like a lot of these like serial creeps and serial like rapists. They're the, they're the results of careers, man. There's these 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 women only looking out for careers and not looking at the bigger picture of what like the decision to guard your career might do. Obviously, there's some circumstances where the guy is too powerful and like you know you don't have a say. But a lot of them, it's like, yo, I feel like a lot of this could be stopped in its tracks right. and it well, shouldn't I mean, have to like, go I, on I for think that, that long. That,
0: like if if we made it so that if a woman was to come forward and the accusations are founded, that we actually did punish these guys because a lot of times some of these women come forward and these guys mm-hmm. just keep walking, and then they have to deal with that. And so, yeah, we just gotta yeah. we gotta make it so that. Somehow in this country and around the world that women can come forward, um, have their accusations taken seriously, looked into and if found like, you know, the person's found to be doing it, take yeah. action on it. So with that, um, we're going to go to break. And uh, after we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about a bill that was recently passed in Georgia um, concerning abortion. So we'll be right back after the break. So welcome back. Uh, so the next topic we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode um, actually concerns a bill that was recently passed uh, in Georgia, and basically was the um, a bill that basically prohibits abortion after a child's heartbeat or a his heartbeat is detected. Um, which usually happens between five to six weeks. Now, this is controversial because most women don't realize that they're pregnant till after the five to six week ban. So essentially, it would basically prohibit um, abortions in practice. Um, and uh, similar bills have been um, proposed before in the States but they have been shot down by federal judges who have either put a temporary stay on them or completely said like, no, this goes against Roe versus Wade. Um, Planned Parenthood has said that this year, 250 bills have been introduced in state legislatures to, um, to restrict abortion in some way. So Arkansas, uh, North Dakota, and I believe Ohio have um, restrictions in place similar to the six week man in Mississippi, which only has one abortion clinic, uh, they actually tried a 15-week ban, which was going to be effective immediately, but it was blocked. So then they passed a six-week ban.
2: Hold up, hold up. Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi only has, has one only abortion one, one abortion and clinic. And also has wow.
0: one HIV clinic, too. What? So, <laughs> Yeah, and for the whole state.
2: For the state.
0: This is Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. Bruh. And, Bruh. <laughs> go! <laughs> some nonsense. the why <laughs> well, people don't I mean, like religion, man. I'm serious. Mississippi has, oh. one, has one highest, probably has the highest, last I heard, um, instances of HIV, um, higher than some African countries, but yet only has one clinic for the whole state. So, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so this is what we have. And basically it looks like this bill in Georgia is going to go, well, of course, it's probably going to be blocked some lawsuit or whatever, go before a federal judge who will then rule on it and then they're basically, it looks like their main goal is to try to take it to the Supreme Court and then have the Supreme Court um, rule on it. The Supreme Court has actually declined to hear similar cases like this in 2015 2016. So, uh, With the court stacked in their favor, it looks like conservatives are trying to either overturn Roe v. Wade or try to get some amendment to it. Right. Uh, what do you guys think about this bill? I'll start with you, Daniel. No, let Sergio talk. I don't. I got
2: All right, talk. Sergio. <laughs> oh man, what do I think about the bill, man? Well, um, okay, so, um, I guess you kind of have to give your stance on it. So, I, I am, I am pro-choice, but not in the sense that you might think. I, for me, if it's like if we can avoid it as much as possible. Like, yeah, but then at the same time, like I don't have the right to tell a woman what to do with her body. That So that's where I stop with it. That's the reason, main reason I'm pro-choice. Um, looking at this and, you know, the whole heartbeat thing, it brings up the question of number one, where do you determine right. um, that it's a life? And that can be its own discussion. But then you also go into like... <laughs> Like, really? Is that, is that like, I'm not saying like, cause late term abortion is just no, like, I'm not even going to have that argument. That's just a no. But then this is like so early term where it's like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. And, and if you are going to do that, well, the only way I can see you justifying like the whole five week thing is if like states had the infrastructure right. so everybody could check, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't even be a question because it's so easy, accessible, and everybody knows how to check if they're pregnant. Everybody has contraceptives, and everybody has pregnancy tests. So for that reason, I'm obviously against it. But I'm saying if they were want to do it, well, you know, you needed to give a better way of justifying instead of doing this. Is like low key, like you know, uh social engineering well, in my I mean, opinion. So I, I'm I, against I,
0: it. I think on totally abortion it. issue, I, I generally fall in the same vein that you do. I would rather not see it. Um, uh, because I, I do believe I, I, but at the same time, I'm pro-choice. I, I don't think we should tell women what to do with their bodies. However, it it's, for, it's a very complicated thing for me because I feel like for me personally, I feel like life begins at like conception and that because for me, it's like, okay. f- if I had abortion at six weeks and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, if, if I'm wrong, then I, I'm pretty sure someone let me know. If someone has like say like a uh, has a miscarriage really early in their pregnancy, mm-hmm. we're all like really sad mm. for that woman, yeah, because like, shes lost something, and we're like, you know you could've had a child and you yeah. lost it and however, it seems like if like a woman has abortion at and the on. same say around the same time that they were around the same time it's it's different like there's like it's just a packet of cells. It's just, it's just, what it's just that? a, well, that's the thing. That's that's. <laughs> where do it? you, you can't be like sad that a woman, in my opinion, you can't be messed up that a woman had a miscarriage at one hand because, you know, that's a kid. But then at the same time, if a woman has abortion around the same time in the pregnancy, it's just a pack of the cells. I think that's a, you got to kind of, you know, you have to figure that conundrum out for, for, for that to kind of work but also i I completely agree with you because what i'm seeing is this is that a lot of these states that are putting these anti-abortion laws in are also the same states or that are against sexual education also the same states that have some of the highest unwanted teen pregnancies in the country Mm -hmm. why don't you teach them sexual education in the school right and not because you you're teaching them to have sex but just from a public health a point of view teach them that because even, you know, teach them that right. you know, these are what STIs are. This is how you protect yourself. This is what pregnancy is. This is how you can get pregnant. Why not have that taught in the school just from a public health point of view? Right. So you have less people coming in and asking, saying that I want to have an abortion. I think that, you, of course, you're not going to eliminate it, but you'll definitely get those numbers down. Um, and I just think, yeah, go right,
2: ahead. Right, right. And let me just say one more thing. Like, abortion is not birth control okay like abortion is not birth control plan b is not birth control and and you you should have a game plan
0: Yeah, someone needs to teach them and it's obvious that parents are not doing it i mean i do think it'll be best for parents to do that to teach their kids at home this is what you need to do because then you can teach them like your values on that however it seems that a lot of parents are simply not having that conversation and that's why or, you know, kids are also kids, too. So even if you do have that conversation, they're still responsible. But I think that if most parents were to teach their children at home about it. And then school was also doing it. I think we have a lot less instances of where. And, um, of course, this is just a number. This is a, a, this is a part of the people who go for abortions. I mean, you also have people who are, are adults and um, just feel like they're not at the point in life where they want to have a kid. And thus. They want to get an abortion. Uh, I think that's a whole nother subject. But I'm just not sure about, you know, Georgia and, and this bill here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you're going to do something like this, you you need to, I mean, especially since a woman probably won't know she's pregnant until after this period. You're basically banning abortion without banning it by law. You're banning it in practice, but not by law. So basically you're playing a dirty game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I am kind of quiet on this because I don't really know what to,
2: what to say. Even your general stance on like, you know, well, did you think five weeks is fair? Like, even something
1: like that. I I think, well, one thing is I think we got to do a better job at helping people avoid having to get an abortion. Um, And I think that um, Mm. JP says, said something like this, that um, countries all over the world need to start doing a better job at protecting children. He even I agree. He even went as far as to say, um, mm. challenge people who want to be divorced to to try to like make sure their child doesn't come out messed up.
2: No, children don't have any rights, dude. I, I think that's right. a legitimate c- concern. Uh, Doctor Peterson is bringing up because like, I mean, t- t- what what rights right. does a child like actually have? You know, like how can like like those little kids, man? Like I had one project. It was my uh second semester of my freshman year in college where we had um, to do some kind of community outreach for one psychology class. Right. And we looked at all the local projects in the Chattanooga area. Since that's where I was at the time. And we got this one where it was like, it was basically lunch bags for the weekend. And we're like, what is this? And it was basically these kids in the Chattanooga area, man, they relied on the, um, yeah. on the school lunches for food. You know, that was their guaranteed meal. This is the United States, people. All right. This is two hours away from Nashville. This is like, you know, 20 minutes from downtown Chattanooga. All right. And this was going on where these kids actually had to worry about their food for the weekend because for whatever reason, their parents can't provide for them. So I'm not saying because then other people would say, oh, are you pushing for a welfare state? Or are you pushing for stronger centralized government? It's like, calm down. Okay. Just calm down. I'm not saying that yet but I am saying there needs to be some kind of way that children are actually looked after because the way I see it with children, it's like, all right, you, you get your lot at the beginning of life. It's like, well, let's hope you landed with good people. And I don't know how many people actually land good parents or how many people are ready to be parents. Cause it seems right. like children right. are the so afterthought of my, sex. my
1: feeling about this is something similar to what I heard. Um, our buddy Ben say is that, um, it seems to me that that sex has uh, been really divorced from love and divorced from family making and it's like children are just this mm. convenient parasite that will grow out of out of what you know out of sex but truly sex is intended to re- for reproduction and for um the the cl- to, to to sort it to, to also for love between two people oh. love each other and it it seems to me that i that i think yeah i don't know it doesn't seem like there's a good way to enforce any of these the moral issues on people but i think our society would be better off if we valued um if we if we valued love and families and and um uh, family planning and so
2: Yeah, that's actually one thing um, Ben Shapiro has been talking about more and more as he talks about, like, how um, religion and communities used to offer some kind of, like, moral guideline, and a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but, like, he was onto something that, you know, before you have, like, the 60s and all that stuff, like, there was a stronger sense of at least community. Now, I know those, like, you know, the way society was back then was completely, like, wrong and unfair to certain groups i'm totally aware of that but we do need to look it's like all right well they were doing at least something right and part of that was there was the understanding you know as quote unquote backwards as culture was back then that like sex isn't just for pleasure there's other things for it and if you if you're going to look into nature it's literally just for reproduction yeah pleasure goes into it and it's pleasurable because you need to reproduce if we're going to take like a bio like a biology darwinistic perspective you know now it's gotten to the point where it's uh we're so far as a as a species that now it would seem that the biggest focus of it is pleasure but i think when you talk to most people it's a little more than pleasure but mm-hmm. maybe those yeah. are just the people well, i had a
0: chance to well, talk to. what if what if for example because let's say for example that you do everything that you're supposed to to do uh you wait till you get married you to to have a a kid mm-hmm. uh well you you wait you wait till you get married to have sex mm-hmm.
3: uh yeah mm-hmm. well, wait, you
0: wait well those all you, values your value, right value but you realize that with the salary you're making that you and your husband can't if you have a kid you can't make the bills like it's not gonna work mm-hmm. uh you, so, you, you know, you give, you go on birth control, mm. your your husband, you know, uses condoms and protection when you have sex, and somehow you still get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, is it if that woman decides to have an abortion or that couple decides together to have an abortion because they say, I cannot bring, I feel that I can't take care of this child or, and I'm also not going to have the money because I don't have insurance to pay for the prenatal care. Um and they decide to have the abortion. Mm. Are they right in doing so? Because because sometimes when we think, yeah, sometimes man,
2: when you think about that
0: abortion, we generally think about a lot of people. I think think about the woman who's out there just you know having sex and she gets pregnant and she's like, ah, oh, you know, this is gonna mess up my career, and my dreams, and all that. And you know, that's generally who we start, right? With. right. right. Or even some young couple that right. isn't so, necessarily it,
2: that right, committed yet to yeah abortion clinic
0: but what about the 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 people who are planning but you know it it it, it you know it it happens anyway and they 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 actually sit down they do uh, you know talk about their options and they decide to go that way um should they be allowed to have because legal and safe abortion because i mean abortion can happen anyway because mm-hmm. Georgia, yeah. putting this law into place is not going to stop abortion, right All they're going to do is stop legal and safe abortion right And also I would like to say this. I wonder how many people in Georgia legislature who passed this bill, if their teenage daughter got pregnant you know outside of wedlock? How many of them would <laughs> tell their daughter to have that kid, or how many of them would ship their daughter off to some other state to have the abortion in secret? Because what it tends to happen with a lot of these people, the people are usually the, generally the hardest against this stuff generally end up being the first people to go and do it. And we've seen that with, like, you know, like people who are an, really anti-gay and uh, pass this law, and then they turn out to be gay the whole time. Mm-hmm. And also, if you care that much about human life, how what are you doing for that child after it gets here? We need to – I need to see more. I, I want to right be – 100% one day, and this probably never happen. but as close to zero abortions as you can possibly mm-hmm. get. I want it down to, you know, zero percent because, you know, say, for example, we when we force women to have these children and they put it up for adoption, it's not like people are standing outside the adoption agency just taking kids as they come in. Like, there's right. huge demand for adopted kids. These kids are going to go into the system and they're going to get lost in the system. Yeah. Right. And they abuse because people are using them for money. People are using them for, for you know, a whole lot of horrible stuff. And well, then we throw them out in the street and we tell them to be productive human beings. Right, and they never and had some,
2: a good start, and, man.
0: Yeah, and, and and now now with that being said, I think that taking those kids and counting them out is also wrong as well because a lot of those kids, even though they go through a lot of trauma and stuff, they may come out and be stronger than ever. But is it ethical to have them go through that trauma or the possibility of going through that trauma in the first place?
1: Yeah,
0: mm. I'd prefer traumatic life than no life. Oh, well, there, there you go. That's well, one I mean, an argument right there. I mean, well, mean, who we me to decide what's a life worth living? Exactly. So there's that argument too. It's like, all right, so like the kid doesn't have the greatest start in life. Would you rather, like, for example, what if that was you? on that table you know what if that was you yet being aborted like how would you feel in that case i mean of course the kid isn't (laughs) but imagine imagine your mother went and decided to have abort have you aborted think about all the accomplishments and things that you did in your life and and that none of that would have happened if your mother had been like you know what like i'm just gonna have an abortion and for some people that is a reality like some people their mothers have been like on the abortion table, and then they've been like, you know what, no, I changed my mind. And yeah. they go on, their kid goes on to have a a wonderful life.
2: Okay, well, there's actually an interesting statistic. Uh, side note, I, I kind of am. I lean more on Daniel with the crappy life over no life. Um, It was one of the things that's funny. I heard it on Orange is the New Black, and then they were quoting from Freakonomics. I'm going to assume it was a legitimate thing, but it was somewhere along the lines... Well, listen, like... I'm going to pull the AOC like, I'm not an expert on this, but uh, (laughs) one of the things they they figured out, like, so when like the abortion became legalized, um, it was like 18 years later, there was a dramatic drop in the amount of inmates in prison systems. And everybody was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what and like a fort. Unfortunately, a lot of those kids. (laughs) <laughs> that uh, would have been aboard, like had they lived, they mostly, most likely would have had crappy lives and would have at some point gotten into crime, which would have been that fresh new badge of batch of inmates. Um, however, those inmates never came to be. So it seems like a good thing. But yeah, then you can start wondering well, dude, maybe one of those, like, well, what if one of those guys was like the next, like, I don't know, Einstein, like Hemingway, Shakespeare. I don't know, like Louisa May Alcott, like the next, like just, they could have been the next great. you just don't know that. Mm-hmm. so Right, you don't know.
1: Well, you don't know. Uh, well, I guess I, I, so Justin, you mentioned, so let me, I'm kind of responding to both of you. Uh, Justin, you mentioned, what if I was the person, what if I would have been the kid might that might have been aborted, you know, what would have happened to my accomplishments? And I would say this, that I don't. I, I wish. I hope that the value of my life doesn't depend on my accomplishments. I'm just grateful to breathe. I don't want. Mm. Uh, I don't want society to value whether or not I'm somebody worth keeping alive based off of what I do is important to them. Um, mm. And our discussion on this really heavily depends on the U.S. safety, uh, the U.S. social, what's it called the safety net. If, if so, if we had, let's. Like you, the 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 example that Justin said was, you know, two working people married and they got um, they got pregnant and they really don't have the money. Um, what you know, what 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 should we do with these kind of people? And I think if we set the system up in a way where the only people that would consider having abortions are these people and people who've been raped, then I think uh, a, um, a government provided social net would um, suffice to cover these people but I don't I don't know you know cover these not people yet. in um,
2: spoken like a true socialist
1: cover these people in, in <laughs> helping them with the child costs but I don't know I really you know I don't know the answers to a lot of these things but I, sh- I do know that not many people are brave enough to, to decide to to go through the challenges of, of raising a child and, and struggle, but I'm yeah. thankful for my mm-hmm. mother who raised me and my sister and, and struggled and prospered, you know, mm-hmm. Where, like, this is hard and it, I feel like it goes down to somebody's character as to whether or not you'd rather, um, you know, stick it out with this kid and, and struggle and, and I don't All know, right. I, yeah, this is a hard discussion. It's
0: it's a it's a very it's a very hard discussion to have, especially since we're you know we're we're guys, so we're we don't doesn't really impact. Well, it it impacts us, but we're not the ones being asked to either keep the child oh. or or not. Yeah. Um, but I remember this one lady. I'm not sure who she was, but I remember this one lady saying. And she said, I'm tired of I'm tired of pro choice people. Whenever like a pro lifer brings up the fact that, you know, it's alive, that we scream that no, it's not. Like, oh, it's just a packet of cells, it's it's not really living. She said, I'm tired of that. She said, When I had two abortions in my life, and I'm gonna tell you right now, when I had those abortions, I killed my child. Damn. She said, and the reason why I say that and can justify that and I feel fine saying that, she said, the right, my right as a, as a woman trumps the life of my child in that situation. Mm. And that was her, I, I'm not sure who it is. I mean, I, I think I know who, who, who it was, but I'm not, I'm not going to say who I think it is. Cause I want to associate that quote with someone who didn't say it. Right. But that was the argument she, she made. Mm-hmm. She said, she said my, my right as a woman trumps the life, the right of my child at that moment when I decide to have the abortion. And um, that pro-choice people just need to step up and just admit that that's that actually something that's alive. Mm. So that, that was that was quite interesting. But, you know, with this bill, it's, it's probably going to make its way through the courts. And, of course, since, you know, if the Supreme Court decides to hear this case or something like it at some point in the future, we um, it could swing. Uh, it could swing the against Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade could get struck down, and then we'll we'll just have to see how the chicks fall at that point. Right. Um, I mean, on on this issue, that
1: worries me because the U.S. is like, if we if we revoke Roe v. Wade um, in the state of this country, we're not going to like we can't just take away Roe v. Wade and still have. No sexual education and still have no, no available contraceptives for a lot of people, like that's yeah, you know I, I completely
0: agree, but and, and, and that's the conundrum with these with these states that mostly don't have that, or states that are most decidedly against Roe versus Wade I, I just don't understand, because I think that doing those measures would actually help them to see the number of abortions drop, which I mean, they want it to be zero. But if you can't hear zero, hit zero. Why not try to get it down as much as you can? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah. But uh, in in light of this, uh, actors in Hollywood are taking um, action, and they are a lot of them are want to boycott Georgia because a lot of movies are shot in Georgia because Georgia offers them like you know pretty good rates to shoot movies there. Hmm. It's actually a sixty billion dollar industry, and wow. offers about two hundred thousand jobs to people uh, in Georgia associated Uh with the movie industry there so a lot of movie stars are coming out and saying that we're not going to shoot movies or support production shot in in the state of georgia now if this passes because it hasn't passed yet the governor has till march 12th to pass the bill or to veto it but it's most likely that he'll go ahead and sign it i don't see any Mm -hmm. there is no indication that he's not going to sign this bill so that is where that particular uh a topic is and kind of like with our debate it's still like unresolved and it's something that we definitely going to have to keep an eye on um, in the future because it's definitely something that's not going to go away yes. I think it's going to be a something that we're going to be fighting for a long time in this country uh, and around the world so um But, yeah, I think that is going to be it for today. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank uh, my host uh, here today for being with me and talking about these topics. Um, Once again, you can email us, uh, and if you have any questions or concerns, at couchpoliticstalk at gmail.com. And also on Twitter, our Twitter handle is uh, at politics Couch. So, guys, I want to thank you once again. I hope you have a good week. And this is the end of Episode 7 of Couch Politics.